the church Fable Community Church down there. My uh, uh, Paul and I were there at the beginning in uh, 1970, and uh, my brother was a senior pastor until he passed away uh, four years ago, and his son Wesley is a senior pastor there now. So we try to stay in touch with them. They've um, they've been praying for and um, saving up to build a an activity building next to the church and uh, and they need it because the auditorium in the church itself it'll seat probably what, 500 maybe uh, 600 and um, they just need more room and so they said they'd been praying about that and um, a, a man from Mol- is it Moldova um, I think that's a country, right? Um, he came, he's a missionary type person. He came to the church um, last Sunday and was telling them that that they are trying to build um, a building to house a, uh, a group of children, you know, like an, an orphanage situation in Moldova. And um, the Wesley asked him, like, how much do you need to build that building? And he said, uh, $60,000. Um, and so uh, Wesley asked the church uh, for an offering last Sunday, and the church came up with $25,000 in, in an offering. And so uh, Monday night his board met, and uh, Wesley told them about the 25000 and uh, and they said, well, um, how much does he need? And he said, 60000 and the board said, um, well, why don't we just dip into our building fund and give them enough to make it 60000 And that's what they did. And so we're praising the Lord. And, and he was asking us to pray for them that, that, the, that seed planted will come right back and we'll see their building raised up. So, yeah, so we're praying for that. Yeah. Uh, one per, one personal uh, testimony too is um, a couple of weeks ago I make these regular trips to the dermatologist because I never knew what sunscreen was when I was younger, and um, they biopsied. I started to say autopsied, but they they biopsied a, pl- a place on the back of my head and told me that it was uh, basal cell carcinoma, um, which is cancer. So uh, they scheduled me this week for a. Uh, uh, what's called a Mohs procedure, where they go in there and slice and check and slice and check until they get it all. So the surgeon came in and he took a little bitty piece and took it to the lab and he came back and said, "You don't have any cancer." So they just left me with this great big old white patch on the back of my head, which you probably were wondering about. You know, had Paula taken a something to him and whacked his head but no she didn't she didn't well stand with me and we're going to declare this word thank you Ronnie you read this every day if you don't I recommend it okay declare it before you start your day. Ready? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of a fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall clear lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. How many believe those words? Absolutely. Do you know that verses 14 through 16 uh, are God's answer to the first part of the psalm that that we read? Verses 1 through 13, I'm assuming, even though it's not there, I believe David wrote it. But uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But uh, God answers him in verses 14, 15, and 16. And so, uh, what a what a wonderful psalm that is. We ought to say that every day. Lean over and tell your neighbor he's talking to you. So, uh, definitely. So, I have a word today about the power of thankfulness. How many of you have had to learn how to be thankful? Right. Uh, we won't take any negative testimonies about how we used to be gripers and all that kind of thing, but uh, God loves to hear us speak faith. And so uh, I put this word together. God was very clear that he wanted me to speak on it today. So uh, has everybody got one of these fill-ins? Because you can get it over there in that glass table if you need it. All right, so... Psalm 100, verse 4, let's look at it. Enter into his gates with complaining. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with what? Praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, I don't know if you have followed this, but... How many know words and juxtaposition of words are really important, right? So notice that Thanksgiving really is mentioned twice. It's the only one in here that's mentioned twice, all right? Enter his gates with Thanksgiving. That's the first time. Be thankful to him 
and bless his name. How do we bless his name? To be thankful to him. Lean over and tell your neighbor, I hope you got that. All right, so if you're taking notes here, the word thanks is mentioned twice, and we just saw that in that verse. This is how we bless his name. So let's look at Matthew 15, 36 and 37. I mean, we have to be careful and we need to read context and not just skip over words we think we might know. But so speaking of Jesus and feeding the 5,000 or the 4,000, said he took seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks. That's the first thing he did. He gave thanks and broke them and gave them to his disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of fragments that were left. Everybody say, wow. I mean, you know, we, we have to be careful that we just don't read over these verses, you know, and just skip over them because they're loaded, they're packed. Every word of God is anointed. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate. And after, boy, this is important again after the Lord had given thanks. So once again, thank, thankfulness is mentioned twice. All right? Lean over and, and, and tell your neighbor, I hope you're getting this, <laughs> even though we're just starting. Uh, Isabel and Throwan, how many love them? They're coming, by the way, four times next year. They said, we love your church. We want to... Hang out and be with, yeah, yeah. But Isabel was married for 33, I guess, years to uh, her husband, Ivan, who passed away. But uh, one of the really neat things that happened, I remember Isabel shared this with Ivan and I, that they had opened their house to anybody, I think, in their church that wanted to come and just fellowship and eat. Well, they got a lot more people show up than they expected, right? How many know that? That's human nature, right? Did did you say food? (laughs) What kind are you serving today? So they all show up, and it looked like they were going to run out. And so Isabel said, Ivan and I laid hands on the different bowls and stuff. We spoke increase over them. And then gave thanks. Did you know they ate as much as they wanted? And the people just did, they just stuffed themselves. <laughs> but God did it. And I don't even know if they told these folks at the time. Maybe, the, maybe they realized it. Maybe they say, wow, something's going on here. But uh, we need to believe that miracles have not passed away. You know, a lot of times we'll focus our faith on healing uh, those kind of things, which we need to focus on, but also all the miracles that Jesus did, how many know we can do as the Holy Spirit leads us, right? That's the key. Has God told you to do this? If he, t- if he told you, he will back it up, right? Lean over and tell your neighbor he'll always back up his word. All right, let's look at the next one. First Thessalonians 
In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Everybody's concerned with prepositions in these days, right? They get uptight about them and everything. But notice this. It doesn't say, for everything, give thanks. But it says, in everything. How many have had things happen to you you didn't want to happen? All right? You didn't sow for it. You didn't, you feel like, I don't deserve this. But nevertheless, it, uh, as long as we're in the flesh, we're going to have issues. We're going to have some problems. We may not have brought them on, but you're here. You have to deal with them and believe God to give you the anointing to be an overcomer. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you're an overcomer. But it starts with this one. In everything, give thanks. So um, there was a book that came out in the 70s called, I'm just remembering this, From Prison to Praise. I don't know if you remember that book. It was a great book, you know, and I had to change my attitude after reading that book. How many know we can get comfortable by complaining? Tell the person next to you, you can't be a complainer. God, that, that, that's not something that the Lord wants you to do, all right? In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And I remember this is when I had started out in the ministry. We did a church plant in Annapolis, Maryland in the late 60s. And uh, there was a guy in the church, really good guy. He was a lieutenant commander in the Navy. And he was retired. And... Uh, his first name was Bob. We'll call him uh, Lieutenant Commander Bob. I had heard through the grapevine that he was complaining about the way I spoke or something. I don't know. And uh, I remember being a young guy, not knowing how to handle this kind of thing. I drove out into the country, and I think I complained all the way out, just being honest with you. And uh, so I, I get out and I figure, well, this is a good place for me to really start feeling sorry for myself. So, <laughs> so I get out of the car. I sit into this particular tree and uh, why God, why, and all this kind of thing. And Because I had a great deal of respect for this man and uh, didn't know how to handle it. Young guy, don't know how to handle it. And the Holy Spirit spoke very plainly. He said, are you done? I mean, he'll wait till you stop complaining, right? And uh, that meant that turn off the complaining, turn on the worship and the praise. So I began to, I mean, there, there are times when God is, he calls us to worship him and praise him when we don't feel like it. Can you identify with that? But you, this little voice on the inside called the Holy Spirit is calling us to what? Begin to praise him and thank him. So I said, Lord, I don't understand all this, but I'm, I choose to give praise and to give thanks regardless. Everybody say regardless. Say it again, regardless. Let's make it three. Regardless. Regardless.
<laughs> and so he told me, he said, now, now that you've started to praise and worship me, he said, that's not what he said. Somebody else heard it and became the interpreter. You ever run into those kind of people? Huh? He said, you be man enough to go back and talk to him about this. He said, he'll respect you. So I'm, I remember driving back, you know, and my spirit was really lifted. And uh, I told him, I said, Bob, this is what I'd heard. That doesn't sound like something you'd say. You've got to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? And he said, no, I, Pastor David said, I, I didn't say that. Here's what I did say. It was something really different. It was not derogatory. And uh, I went, well, thank you. When we became really close friends. One Saturday afternoon, I had finished my workout. My, I had been running, and I'd finished it. And uh, I was down by the, uh, the river there going through uh, Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, a lot of the midshipmen would do crew. You know what that is, right? Where you're rowing, and they do that even for Olympic competition. And so uh, I, uh, I was involved doing that. And then I, I just sat and watched him. Just sat and watched him. And uh, they, they had just lifted my heart. And so I had, uh, I had started to pray for Bob, Lieutenant Commander Bob. I started to pray for him and, sa- and just, Lord, bless him, help him. And um, thank you for his friendship. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and said, uh, that even as, I'm trying to remember the actual biblical reference, but he said, regardless of what is being said, this is a a particular verse that he had given me. And he said, you stand on this verse because it's going to happen for you. The next day in church, this guy, Lieutenant Bob, comes up to me, lays hands on me, and begins to prophesy every word, word for word that I had heard while I was waiting on the Holy Spirit. I mean, word for word. It was unusual. And from that moment on, we became very close. And he even drove down to New Orleans to see how I was getting along. I was very surprised to see him. He said, well, I just felt led. He said, I've been missing you. And I just felt led to come and see you and to... uh, encourage you. And I said, well, you know, I'm living out the prophetic word that you have, that you gave me when I was in Annapolis, Maryland. And so I went, wow, well, that's, that's God. How many know God can turn things around if we'll let him? He'll turn things around so that we don't become what? Conscientious of our, maybe our weaknesses or things that we really uh, don't want to happen in our lives. So let's look at number three, 
John 11.41. John 11.41. Then they took uh, away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So the first thing he did before he did the miracle was to thank God for the miracle that he was going to perform. He was totally dependent on the Father. And so he thanked the Father uh, ahead for the miracle. And Jesus deals in present tense. Present tense faith. Martha was looking at the some time in the future, right? In the sweet by and by. Saying the sweet by and by is here right now. That's right. We had many years ago, I think it was 10, 12, 15, I don't know, years in this building, we had a, a, a man pass away, die in the service. He said, you must have been preaching real bad. No. <laughs> I hadn't even got up to preach. We were in worship and praise. And I look out there in the audience, and this guy was slumped over in his chair. I went, he's dead. Ina leans over. That man is dead, I believe. So we went. Then this visitor comes running down who was sitting right next to him, who happened to be a medical doctor. And he said, Pastor, that man is dead. So we lay him on the floor, on the, on the carpet. And I said, I want just a few people who have faith to come back and begin to speak the word of life over him. I don't know how long he'd been dead, but we started to, I said, the rest of us, I sent one lady to call EMS, and then I said, the rest of us are going to stand and worship God and thank him for the what? Miracle, right? And so I remember walking back and forth, and we're just thanking God and praising God and worshiping God and giving him praise. And all of a sudden, the guy becomes alive. He was dead, now he's living. And uh, then we really broke into some praise and worship. <laughs> right? So th these miracles are for today. They're for today. I told Andrew Womack that story. He said, Pastor Dave, you must have had a big crowd. I said afterwards, no. People can get hard. People just have been so indoctrinated not to believe for miracles that they don't see them. And if they don't see them, they don't believe in it. But I'm telling you, these miracles, we've seen a lot of them happen in this place. Everybody say, nothing is impossible for God. Okay, let's look at number four. This is Colossians 3 and 15. We ought to always walk in God's peace and thankfulness. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you, which you were called in one body. And by the way, be ye what? Thankful, thankful right? So that's a real key. Thankfulness, it says that, uh, in that particular verse, but let's look over at uh, First Chronicles. Boy, this is powerful. 
This just jumped out at me this week. First Chronicles 16.41. Let's look at it in the New King James. Now, David thought of everything, I think. I, he really did. He appointed people by name to give thanks. Wow. They might have been a part of the choir, but their, the first order of business was, was David had them start with Thanksgiving. Lean over and tell your neighbor you need to start with thanks, Thanksgiving. And with Heman, we call him Heman, and Jeduthun, and the rest who were chosen, who were what? Designated by name to give thanks to the Lord because his mercy endures forever. I have news for you guys. You were chosen and you are dedicated by the Lord to give thanks in whatever endeavor you're involved in. Lean over and tell your neighbor he's especially talking to you. Right? I, when I saw that, mark by name. Wow. And these guys have gone down in, in spiritual history. Right? There's another one that's not in your notes, but we just added it. Second Chronicles 20 and 23. Let's uh, get ready to look at that. Second Chronicles 20. And 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab, now Israel is facing a giant mob of people. Three nations rose up to attack and overthrow Israel. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Now they all came together. Right? But God had appointed these uh, people to give thanksgiving, and you can read the whole story. And they started, literally, it said to literally kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Wow. You start giving thanks, and if you read the whole context, it said that they were, they were giving thanks and praise and worship to God first, and then God confused the enemy so that the enemy thought that they were fighting one another because they were the enemy, but they weren't. Israel was the enemy. How many know God can confuse people, Right? And how uh, I many know? Oh, yeah, we need we need some real intervention today. You know, how I many there are a lot of confused people in the government, All right? So uh, we need to lift them up and pray for them. They really need it, All right? And we ought to be mad and angry at the enemy coming in to try to what? To to overthrow this country. How I many know? By the grace of God, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Praise God. You know why? Because a remnant like you are standing in the gap for them and praying and, and worshiping God and giving thanks to God for our nation. We need to give thanks on a regular ba basis for this country that we were born in, right? And as we do that, God will hear our voices 
and begin to, and I, I believe that's happening in a lot of places. All right. So we see here that uh, when they came to destroy Israel, <laughs> the people who were literally David had them, well, it wasn't David, but initially it was David, had, had marked these people to give praise and especially to give thanksgiving. Now, look at this. Heman, he, uh, call him Heman, means faithful. Are we faithful to give thanks? And Jenuthan, I love this guy, must have been incredible. Jenuthan meaning a choir of praise. Wow. A one-man choir of praise. How'd you, how do you like people to say, she is a one-lady choir of praise? He is a one-man choir of praise, right? Wow. So these men actually were honored forever in God's word by name because they did what God had called them to do, which you may think it's simple. Well, they just had to give thanks. Yeah, but they did it. They did it every day, and they, they were faithful at it, and God rewards thanksgiving, not only in the sweet by and by, but he awards it right now, okay? Now, the last one, what finally opened the door? And by the way, I believe what I'm speaking on right now, I believe that this is going to open the door for healings and miracles this morning because... We're going to have people to come down and stand at the altar. Our altar team is going to be ministering to them and anointing them with oil. But first, first, everybody say, but first. We're going to give thanks to God for the miracles. Amen. Let's watch God move. We're going to have some testimonies. Definitely have some testimonies. So what finally opened the door for Jonah's deliverance? The voice of thanksgiving. Let's look at Jonah chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. This is Jonah, the third day in the belly of the whale. Have you ever tried to live out? These verses, wow, what it would be like. How many are glad you're not there? <laughs> when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. He says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. What, what, was, what kind of prayer did he do? The voice of thanksgiving, right? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We quote that a lot, but do we think it out? Do we, do we mull it out? Do we meditate it out and see really what it's saying to us? Okay. He said, I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. This guy was a hard neck boy, stiff-necked guy. Think about it. They said, we're going to throw you overboard. You know, he still wouldn't give thanks to God. Then the whale comes along and swallows him. 
total darkness. And it took him three days before he came to the conclusion, <laughs> I need to start praising God. I need to start giving thanks to the Lord, man. <laughs> Way to go, Joni. You finally got it, right? <laughs> but it was for us. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, it was for you. This is for you. Don't wait for the whale or the big fish. Is he big fish? Don't wait for it. Okay. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. <laughs> yeah, and he did. I think he. I think when the folks at Nineveh saw him, they were not nice people, boy. If you were walking into Nineveh, the city of Assyria, people would be hanging on the wall and nail them to the wall, you know. And uh, it, was, it was a bad time. They, and I think when they saw Jonah, they went, whoa, <laughs> somebody's back from the dead here. How I many know you can get bleached three days in the belly of a, of a giant fish or a whale, amen? Maybe, maybe God just prepared this fish just for him. <laughs> he provided, yeah. God will provide. I, I want the right kind of provision from the Lord, right? Okay. Stay, turn to your neighbor and say, stay thankful. As a young woman, Mom Beale, Mom Beale was a great lady. Mark and Cindy, we... Are so glad you came by. And they're fantastic people. Uh, they reminded me we married him 44 years ago. Mom Beale was supposed to do the wedding. But she was, by that time, she was really slipping. She was really uh, under the, under the, just old age and sickness and things like that. And so I was asked, can you do the wedding? I went, I don't know. I didn't say it. I said, sure. Be glad to do it. So, anyway, concerning this particular verse and applying it to Mom Beale. Mom Beale, as a young woman, had to go into the hospital. And she was in the hospital and it didn't look good. She was a young lady. Uh, way, way before her time to die. I mean, no, the devil will try at times to take you out. But what? Greater is he that's in you, right? Than he that's in the world. Absolutely. And we, we, we just have to believe in God's word and, and continue to stand on it. So she just began to, with all the strength that she could muster up, she began to thank God, give thanks, give praise, give worship to God. And all of a sudden, into the sickbed area where she was, this tall, blonde-haired nurse came in, a man, and said, you, you need this. And it was a handkerchief. And she said, I opened the handkerchief. And there was the face of Jesus. And she said he was, had his head bowed like this. 
And it was right after he had been beaten and his face was just marred more than any man, as the Bible says. And he began to slowly look up and look at her and smile. And she knew she was going to be all right. She immediately called to see this particular nurse. And they said, we don't have anybody like that that works here. And uh, she'd, by the way, before her life ended, she had several real angelic visitations from God. I mean, no, God's watching over us. He's watching over our words that we speak. So hopefully we're all going to begin to do better as far as our confession goes and realize that there's a lot more to it than we thought and that healing is attached and so many other things attached. And so let's all stand. Now, I know most of you. I'm looking out at you, and I know most of you, but if there's somebody here that has never made a surrender of their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to, let's all just bow our heads for a minute, give you an opportunity. As I say, most of you probably know the Lord, have known him for years, but I want to give you an opportunity to surrender to him if you haven't, okay? God is for you regardless of what you did. He loves you unconditionally, but he wants you to turn. So if there's anybody here that needs Christ and... uh you want to receive him now, just lift your hand right now all over the audience. I believe, I, I know most all of you in your testimony, but I want to give you an opportunity, all right? Okay, I would like the altar workers that are on deck for today to come and stand down front. So we're going to believe God that the people that come for healing will receive their miracle today. Let's get some oil. How many of you know nothing is too large, nothing's too small? I remember we had a guy here. And you know, how many of you have met people who, if you were God, you might not heal that person because of their attitude, right? So maybe you've been a bad boy or bad girl this week. And no, I'm kidding. But we had a guy come in here. He was a weightlifter. And he had an attitude. How did you know? When I first saw him, he had a baseball cap on sideways. And so we go in the back. We have him fill out the, the sheet. We take back. We lay hands on it. We pray it over it. And the Holy Spirit said, Unforgiveness. He needs to forgive. Once he forgives, I'll heal him. So we went back and we said, we gave him the word. And uh, he, he was totally, he could not use his left arm at all for anything. And he was a big, big guy. And so I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Close your eyes. Ask, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring before you the people you need to release and forgive. After you're done, we're going to lay hands on you. God's going to heal you. I promise you. 
20 minutes later, he said, I guess that's all. And he was talking fast. And we went, all right. So are you ready for your miracle? Yup. We anointed him. And he's kind of shaking his arm like this. Wow. Feels different. I said, see that chair over there? See if you can pick it up with that. He, I mean, he was strong up. See if you can pick that chair up with one hand. Just lift it up. And he went over and he was able to do it and put it over his head. And he start, He burst into tears. He said, I, I, I don't know why this couldn't happen earlier. I said, well, you needed some people to release, right? I mean, if you go to God and you're sincere, he will do what you ask him to do because he's good. He's totally good. So I'm going to pray. And as I pray, we'll give an invitation for you to come and receive healing this morning. So, Father, I lift my hand over this awesome group of people. I thank you for them, Lord. I speak blessing and wholeness and healing over them today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that as they come, they're going to receive. We thank you that you've already provided the healing that they need. You did it 2,000 years ago. We say with the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Old Testament are, New Testament were. It's already a done deal. And so, Father, as they come, we thank you that your word will not return void to you, but it will accomplish what we send it to do. And we say this in the name and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. If you need prayer for anything, it could be spiritual healing, physical healing, whatever it might be. Y'all come. And you're dismissed. God bless. Don't